0: Welcome to the podcast where relationships, confidence, and determination all converge into an amazing heartfelt experience. This is Speaking from the Heart.
1: Welcome back to episode number 37 of Speaking from the Heart. Today we have another Toastmaster joining us. His name is Dan Armstrong, which again, I have the privilege of knowing him for many years and I have seen him grown from where he was at and He has been even a big inspiration for me, and the story in which led to how we got to this podcast episode is something that we even talk about because it is something of really divine intervention in my view. But Dan is an author of several books, the first one being originally The Adventures of a Real Life Cable Guy, which we talked quite extensively about how that book got started. We also talk about his next book, in which he wrote, called Smart Dust, The Dawn of Transhumanism, which is a fictional novel that's based on real technology. Dan has been involved with many different types of podcasts. Most notably, he's been in the Los Angeles Tribune Live podcast as a two-time guest. He's the co-author of two other books that went on to become best-selling, in which one of them is called Think Big. And the other is Next Level Your Life. And they're both available on Amazon, in which I will be able to provide to you in the show notes if you want to take a listen and look at it. But you also will be able to access Smart Dust on Audible and also iTunes, wherever you listen to those platforms. Dan is somebody that I really didn't understand what his story was until we really dived into this episode and i completely related to all the experiences that he went through as a child because i went through something quite similar myself but especially when he was going to talk about his stop acronym it made me pause a little bit and think about all the different possibilities that we have in our lives to handle some of the things that we have as choices It isn't just about whether we take one path or another, but it's really about some of the things that other people see in ourselves that ultimately walk us down the path of not only true opportunity, but to realize that there is a glowing door every way that we go that we are able to access. With that, let's go to the episode. All right, I'm here with Dan Armstrong. Dan. Thanks for sharing your heart
0: with us today. Hey, thanks, Josh, for having me today. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. It's been a while since I've seen you, but you look great. And uh, I love you, man. Oh,
1: dude, I love you, too. Folks, I want to say a few things about Dan before we even begin. I know that I've already shared a couple of those things before we even started. But Dan is somebody I got to know a number of years ago through Toastmasters, which for those I know that you get tired of keep hearing about Toastmasters, but Toastmasters is one of those organizations that have allowed me to have awesome people to connect with and even have this podcast in the first place. So if you're ever interested in checking out Toastmasters, I'm going to leave a link in the episode notes as always. But Dan has been somebody that has really influenced me in his journey to get to this point where he's at being so incredibly awesome with a lot of the stories that he has. So Dan, Thanks for doing that right off the gate. And I really mean that because I love you too. Dan, here's where I want to start off with because you've written a number of books and a lot of these are great books in which help to understand a little bit about you, but also go outside of just you. I want to learn a little bit more about this because it's always been a fascination for even me. What got you even started to be an author? Was there something that was an influence for you that maybe got you pushed into the right direction to do that? Or was there something that you came across that you thought, man, I might give that a try? Has there been anything like that? Can you share that with us?
0: Well, Joshua, I was born with a cleft palate, so I didn't really learn to speak until I was five, six, seven years old. I was a long time, still am, a patient of the Lancaster Cleft Palate Clinic. And I was very withdrawn and shy. So, my expression of creativity was through reading. And I remember the programs in elementary school called the SRA programs. They were color coded, and I was a fast reader. I loved the stories. And I began writing my own stories at home. Of course, they never got anywhere, but I loved to write. And as I got older and got into acting in junior high, got the lead role in a play, I can't believe I got it because I was still, quite honestly, suffering from feeling that I was not worthy because I had been bullied all my life up until that point, very, very much so. I remember us a, a time that I actually wrote about it in the bestselling book, Think Big. I wrote a chapter about being attacked on a playground and being held on the ground by some a grade older boys than than myself. They held me down whether they knew it or not. I was over an anthill and the ants began to crawl inside my shirt and started biting me and stinging me. And of course I was crying, but they were laughing and mocking and spitting on me saying, spell your name, spell your name. And of course, every consonant that came out of my mouth was filled with air, because that's how a pallet works. So I was just really devastated. Finally, a playground teacher yelled, get off, boys, break it up. And I stood up, and I started running to her side. And I was rapidly sweeping my body with my arms, trying to get rid of these ants that were biting me. And I got to her side. And What I thought would be a voice of comfort was actually a voice of discouragement. She said, What is wrong with you? Uh And I was devastated. And I don't remember much after that. I do remember curling up in a ball, like in a fetal position. And I remember my mother coming to the school, taking me home and putting me in a bath of Epsom salt to heal the wounds. And she said to me, Danny, someday, you will help others someday your words will help others and that surprised me because i couldn't speak words that well for her to say someday your words will help others that was a contradiction to the truth that i had known so that healing process of being mocked and bullied took a long time but when i reached junior high an english teacher saw some potential in me and asked me to to try out for a school play, which I did. And then I tried out for all the school plays thereafter in high school and got them. As for writing, I used to write little stories on my own. And after I graduated from high school, I was asked to be part of a band, a rock and roll Christian band. And I wrote songs for the band. After that, I started writing one-minute radio spots for a radio station that were original thoughts. They were called the wacky words of Dan Armstrong and they played for six years. And in that six year time period, I wrote over 1000 episodes of original material, quite a primer to where I am now.
1: Yeah. And I'm only up to episode number 37 of doing this. So I (laughs) definitely understand a lot more now of how he can do a thousand episodes. Well, I might get there at some point and you've been a big cheerleader for even me doing this all along and just pushing me to keep on keeping on. Dan, I want to talk about a little bit about the wacky words of Dan Armstrong a little bit, because like you said, you did do that for six years. Is there something that stood out for you knowing that you were part of that experience doing those one minute shows? I mean, how would that format actually work just to give a visual for our listeners?
0: Well, first of all, the station manager called me. I had been in the band. The band was over in 1987. And in 1991, he called me and said, hey, I remember you on stage telling stories. And I've always been a storyteller. And I was wondering, Dan, if you would be interested in writing just that one-minute spot with maybe some of your stories. So I assumed it would be one minute. That's it. One minute. He said, oh, no, no. I mean, like maybe a regular thing. Maybe you could record five or 10 one minute sections and we'll come up with a name and we'll help you out. Well, he came up with the name, The Wacky Words of Dan Armstrong, because they're kind of silly, but they always had a moral or a spiritual point. I sat down and wrote five or 10 of them. And then I took them into the studio and they showed me how to operate the equipment and I recorded them. And I thought, okay, I'm done. That's two weeks worth of shows. One minute, Monday through Friday, 8.20 p.m. right after the weather. I thought, okay, that was fun. So I turned my back on it. And after the first week aired, he called me again. And he said, hey, Dan, we're getting a lot of positive feedback from your wacky words of Dan Armstrong. Would you be interested in writing another two weeks worth? And I said, well, oh, man, I don't know if I can do that. And here's the thing, Joshua. You don't think you can do something until someone believes in you to ask it of you. And when he began to ask of me to dig deeper than what I thought I had in myself, it was the same motivation that my mother said to me in that bathtub of Epsom salt Your words will help some people someday. And when the station manager said, Your words mean a lot to other people. It just brought this flower of creativity from my soul and my heart and my mind. I couldn't stop producing these little one-minute vignettes of wisdom, words of encouragement, words of challenge, words of growth, words of just ways of living with each other. It continued for years. I couldn't believe it. When I look back, I cannot believe the amount of words that went out to help other people.
1: It's encouraging to me to hear that because as I even told you over the years, sometimes we have that back and forth of ourselves of should we do it, should we not? Should we do it, should we not? And sometimes having those voices even in the back of our head from those past experiences, you talking about your mom, I thought of a sixth grade friend that named John. John, if you're out there, thank you so much for being there for me when I needed it too. He was one of those people that always stood by my side all the way through middle school, high school, when even kids bullied me too, to get to the point of where I was able to go to college, be able to meet some incredible people that influenced me as well. So it's all about not only those connections, but those indirect connections too. Speaking of which, we really talked a lot even before the show about some of the things that you've had indirect connection with that really helped to launch even some of the works that you do now, which I'm going to dig into a couple of them with you later on. But can you talk about a little bit of the people indirectly that you never thought in a million years would be saying, hey, you have these words of influence over me. I would love to help you out. Can you share maybe a couple examples of some people that have done that for you?
0: Sure. Uh, when I was about 28 years old, maybe 30 years old, a life insurance agent, he was a friend of mine, handed me an audio cassette program by Dr. Dennis Waitley called The Psychology of Winning. I listened to this cassette series over and over, and then it introduced me to some other legends and icons now of the personal development field like Jim Rohn and Brian Tracy and Les Brown and Zig Ziglar, and these iconic speakers and coaches were my mentors, and I never met them, and never would dream of meeting them. And then back in November one of 2021, I had, by this time I'd already written two books. I wrote something on Facebook, and the promoter, the man who made Jim Rohn famous, commented on my post. And there's a story behind that, how we actually connected on Facebook through another person that was connected to my first book. It's all very serendipitous. Needless to say, I was honored that he would reach down into my world and yeah. touch my life. And he invited me to a Zoom meeting with him. And he asked me if I wanted to write a chapter in his next book. And he has manufactured over a hundred best-selling products from audio tapes, books. And anyway, I said, yeah. And some of the authors in this book, the co-authors, like Brian Tracy, one of the iconic legends of personal development and sales training, Brian Tracy is one of the co-authors. And Chris Gronkowski, who played for Dallas Cowboys, he was Shark Tank winner. He's a partner with Mark Cuban of Shark Tank. He is also co-author. I've met him twice now in the home of Kyle Wilson, the promoter of Jim Rohn. Kyle is one of those guys that is, I always say, as humble as he is great. And there are people like that in our lives that we need to honor and recognize. They're no better than us. They're no worse than us, but they deserve our respect for who they are and what they've accomplished.
1: I want to say something to that, Dan, because that is so true and that these are all people that we have in our lives that oftentimes we think we're never going to be like them. And I was even telling you that even before the show about some of those people as well. And it's fascinating to me that in some of my earlier episodes, which I had several guests on, we talked about some of that human connection Because that's really a big benefit for being able to do a lot of those things in our lives. Keep going, though. I'm sorry to interrupt because I just wanted to share that with you because I think it's so important, especially in this world today.
0: Oh, that's okay. I have to tell you, I went out to Texas to meet and to become part of this, what's called the inner circle. And I was sitting in this Dallas Fort Worth Convention Center in this hotel room. And there might've been 40 of us around this long rectangle room sitting around these tables, and I was sitting there listening to their stories and listening to the lives and the advice, the counsel, the financial input, and saying to myself, why am I here? Who am I to be part of this group? And at the end of the day, Kyle looked over at me and it says, Dan's first time in the group is today. And Dan is an author of two books. And how many of people in this room have written a book? And a couple of people raised their hands. How many people have written two books and nobody else raised their hand? And he says, Dan is an outlier. And it was such a compliment in front of all these people. Most of them very well off. Some of them were worth a hundred to $200 million. I'm not kidding you. Wow. Some of them are connected to people that if I said their names, you wouldn't believe it. And they're one step away from really royalty and politicians and world leaders. And I'm in this room with these people. And that whole imposter syndrome of why am I here came over me. But by the end of the day, here's the greatest thing that I took away from that day. And I'll never forget it, Joshua. I'll never forget it. Here are these people who are worth in earthly terms, way more than me. And I realized how humble and hurting they were, despite all the accomplishments they had. The room was brutal when it came to vulnerability. There was an open door of authenticity that could be shared without judgment, without contempt. And at the end of the day, Kyle looked at me and said, what do you think, Dan? And I said, I'm amazed that everyone in this room sits on a toilet. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> oh <And> my gosh <laughs> yes the room erupted in laughter and i didn't feel ashamed that i said it and i said it is amazing and truly amazing to me to meet all you people and feel the love and humility above all the care that they gave me and showered on me that my wealth was not in financial terms but in spiritual emotional terms of just being in the group and it was a very authentic way so i didn't feel like an imposter i felt like i belonged and they made me feel that way and i think what we do is we look at people like this and say oh i'll never measure up well guess what they will never measure up to you You are the one who is uniquely made. Joshua, there will never be another person like you. You are uniquely crafted, gifted, created to do something that I can't do. And I am crafted, created, gifted to do something you will never do. So when we compare with each other, we are actually harming ourselves. We are hindering the path, the destiny, the fate that we are supposed to take.
1: That is really important to not only continuously give that feedback because, Dan, I feel like I do that for clients as being able to open that door of being vulnerable, being authentic, being able to say, it doesn't matter where you are. I want you to feel comfortable in knowing that you are valued in this. And some people are completely broken when it comes to that. And I've shared with my listeners, I've shared with you the many years of that struggle myself getting to that point. Because- This is an excellent turning point for me because I want to talk about your very first book you wrote, which, just to remind the audience, the book that you first wrote was The Adventures of a Real-Life Cable Guy. Now, Dan, I'm sure that everybody always has this question first. Were you really a cable guy? (laughs) Was that your profession?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I started as a cable guy when I was 20 years old. And within five years, I believe it was, I was a master technician in the sense that I took all the courses and I knew all the stuff, but it never stopped. There was always more and more because the industry expanded. But I stayed with the industry with a couple little off branches of doing something else for a year or two and then coming back to cable. So about 37 years minus maybe five or six years of doing some other things. So yeah, I was a cable guy for over, over 30 years. During that time, I would come home and tell my wife, or if I saw some friends, you'll never believe what happened to me today because the homes of America are filled with real life daytime soap operas. (laughs) And there is no filter. There is no cameras and no cut. You are literally in the fray of real life. I wrote the book. The Adventures of a Real-Life Cable Guy, and I handed it over to an editor. Now, this was 2013, and this is when we had disks. And about three, four months later, I called the editor and I said, how's it going with the book? And she said, oh, I have some terrible news. I said, what's that? She goes, I lost it. Oh. (laughs) In that meantime, I guess my computer had crashed, so I was wanting to get the disk back from her to make a copy, and she had lost it. I was devastated because I had written a book and it was gone. And so I (laughs) talk about perseverance and diligence, but also depression. I went in six months. I couldn't even think about it. And then my wife said, you've got to to start over. So I did.
1: So just to clarify, this book that eventually got published is actually the second rendition, the original... Is no longer in existence. You've never been able to find the first copy no, of what you wrote. It's wow. going.
0: Oh yeah. This the book that came out in 2015 that was highlighted. I was interviewed on ABC Good Day PA, a live interview about the book. It is in 10 or 12 countries. It's in about 40 states in the union, maybe more. It's traveled all over the world with other people who take pictures of it while they're traveling, which is hilarious. But I had to rewrite the entire book, and I think it was something that had to be done to develop perseverance and a sense of belonging to what I was supposed to do, a craft I was supposed to hone. Yeah, I rewrote the book, the entire thing, and uh, maybe it's better than the first one. Who knows?
1: <laughs> we will never know. We'll never know.
0: But I'm curious.
1: Because you just said that maybe that gave you the effort to persevere. Do you think that if losing that first copy would have never happened? Do you think that you would have been doing what you're doing now? I mean, I know I'm asking you this hypothetical, but I'm really curious.
0: What are your thoughts? Well, that's a great question. I think that when we run into obstacles like this, and I have a whole acronym about this, STOP, when we run into obstacles like this, if we don't have things like this, it doesn't develop character in us. So perhaps if the first book was written, maybe I would have been satisfied with it. I don't know. But what it did for me is when I started to write my second book, which is a novel, which is six hundred pages. Then maybe I wouldn't have been able to persevere through that. That design, that development, and that determination to get that done. Having to write two books before one is published, <laughs> creates a strength that came from a struggle, really.
1: You said the acronym STOP. Can you elaborate a little bit on what each letter stands for with STOP?
0: Sure. I speak to groups. I'm open for speaking engagements. Youth groups, college groups, churches, STOP. You have to, Sometimes you have to stop and you have to look at your struggle and ask yourself, where is the strength from it? T is tragedy, and then triumph. How can I triumph from this tragedy? O is obstacle, and of course that is overcome. How can I overcome this obstacle? The P is a little more involved. P is for pain, but what is the purpose of this pain? Can I turn my pain into a passion? Can I turn my pain into a plan? Can I turn my pain into a way of perseverance? Joshua, I think about you. I've followed you for years. You took your pain and you turned it into a passion. You've turned it into a project. You've turned your pain into a podcast. How's that? Mm, Yeah. So P is just wide open. But I think when people go through a struggle, and like I did with a cleft palate and being bullied and mocked and then traveling all through the country, but then losing my first book, that's a struggle to go through that. But what was the strength of it? Well, the strength made me a more dedicated writer, someone who wants to create more of his content.
1: Has it helped you not only in persevering with writing, but maybe other facets of your life too? Like, has it helped you to create maybe things that In other areas, maybe you haven't been able to do before because you just mentioned about the public speaking, which we didn't even get into talking about Toastmasters. Maybe we won't because I think that just the things that have helped you to get to this point, I think that there's always building blocks. And you even mentioned the fact for me being able to open your speaking voice, the business that I have, and even doing this podcast, Speaking from the Heart. These are all byproducts. What has been your biggest motivation going into all these different paths that you've been in and being able to say to yourself, wow, because I was able to write, I was able to do all these other things. Has there been a motivation to do other things as a result of this?
0: I think some of it comes from a deep desire to Really touch, help, heal other people. I have learned over time to. Are you ready for this? This is a title of one of my speeches. Are you ready? I'm sitting down. Go ahead. All right. You ready? Be aware of your presence in the lives of other people. Be aware of your presence in the lives of other people. And that is to say, when you are in a room, if you're in a restaurant, if you're in a church, a temple, If you're in a club, be aware of who you are in their lives because they may be looking at you in a moment of their weakness and need your strength. When I am aware of my presence, I can serve other people without looking for something in return. So I think to answer your question, and it may sound somewhat mystical, it's all about being able. And understanding that other people need to be served. And when you serve other people, it really does come back to you. It really does come back to you. There's a saying, you can count the apples in a seed, but you cannot count the apples in a seed. Let me say that again. You can count... The seed's in an apple, but you cannot count the apples in a seed. And that is to say, yeah, my action, you may see it, but what is the result? When I plant a few seeds of corn and I get a stalk, how many more kernels of corn are there now because I have sown into someone's life? Ripples and reverberations through time and history will never be seen by me, and that's okay. I'm okay with that. Dan, I love that statement
1: because I actually think about some of the things that I've been doing in my life, and it's even outside of the business. I've been on a nonprofit board in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania for over seven years where I help women to not only get back on their feet, especially after they go through domestic violence or have some unique situation that happens to them, but It has really helped them to see not only the opportunities that are presented in front of them, but to get the confidence to be able to do that. And for the organization that I'm talking about specifically, it's called the Shalom House. It's in the Allison Hill section of Harrisburg. If anybody's ever interested in donating any money to that cause, it's the most beautiful thing that they do to help people just get back to where they need to be. And it isn't just about getting them on their feet and pushing them out. It's about making sure that they never have to go back into it. That's really the biggest important thing because the recidivism relating to that is so huge. So I'm going to leave a link in the episode notes in case you ever want to donate anything relating to that. And Dan, I want to slowly wrap up and ask you a question that's really personal. I think it's really more personal than maybe I've asked other guests because all the things that you've talked about, I got to say this, for some people, It is about helping other people, serving those other people, to use your word specifically, because we do that in business. We Mm -hmm. do that in our personal lives. We do that in our professional lives. They're all interconnected. Did you ever think that a kid that had cleft problems would ever get to a point that would be able to say, yeah, I can be successful? And if you can say that, which I know the answer to already, and you do too. What would you say to someone else that is going through something like that and is struggling to just get over that teasing, that barrier that they might be feeling that they're artificially putting in front of themselves? What would you say to somebody like that?
0: I so wished that I could go back in time and pick up that little boy that was held over an anthill and tell him that you're going to be a public speaker. You are going to be in a band. You're going to talk to tens of thousands of people. You're going to use your mouth. You're going to use your ears. I wish I could go back and tell him that he's going to write two books and become a best-selling author. He would never have believed me, but what he would have believed is a hug and a word of encouragement That little bit that we can give to other people, the big grandiose ideas of, oh, you might be president one day or you might be a doctor or whatever. That is not what someone in my place needed to hear. What I needed to hear was, you are special, you are gifted, and you're going to make it. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. I think that solid encouragement, those simple words are what seek and sink in deeper into the heart and soul of anyone. It's you can do it. You are special. You are loved. I believe in you. And I think I have to say that is what I would say to someone who's going through something of that nature. Each one of us have an incredible amount of ability and capability that can be developed through determination and discipline if we say one thing, and that is two words, I believe. I believe. And you know what? You don't even have to answer the words that come after I believe. Just say, I believe. I believe. And rest. And the answers will come to you. I know it. They came to me.
1: I'm sitting here and I'm thinking to myself, small kid growing up, being obese, overweight, being teased. I asked myself that question just now that you asked. Do I believe? I really want to hug that kid. And yeah. I, for the longest time, Dan, I never was able to do that because that kid had so much trauma and things happening. That I never really believed in what I could potentially become. And those are the voices I heard for over 30 years before I finally, as I have shared even my listeners on this podcast, about my breakdown, about that struggle to crawl myself back out of the abyss, to get back to where I'm at. And I always wanted to hear someone say, I believe. And yeah, my parents had done that, but that wasn't just enough for me. I needed to hear a lot more. And For you to say that, it's the most authentic thing in itself because you have been consistent with that, knowing you for the many years that I have known you. But more importantly, above all else, I sense that in the emotion that you are thinking about this and how you've answered these questions. I think that's been really important for me to really gather and absorb. And I truly appreciate you doing that. Dan, I'm going to give you the last few minutes. Tell us how we can get any copies of the four books that you have out there. I mean, two of the books I know you have several co-authors on, but you're still part of the book overall. How can we get you as a public speaker if we want to book you? I'm sure there's some people thinking, I want Dan. So I'm going to give you the last few minutes. Please tell us how we can reach out to you.
0: Thank you, Joshua. I have a website. It's danarmstrong.com. Theauthor.com, author.com dan armstrong the author.com and you can go on there and there are links for the adventures of a real life cable guy my novel smart dust the dawn of transhumanism and the book think big there's amazon links there and next level your life can be found on amazon there might be some same titles of different books but it would have 10 pictures of people on the cover That would be the one next level your life. My email is (laughs) danarmstrongauthor at gmail.com. Danarmstrongauthor at gmail.com. Website danarmstrongtheauthor.com. And I am available. You contact me even on the website. You can send me a contact and that'll go through. And when we opened up this program, Joshua, I said, I love you, man. And I would close out the program saying, I love you, man, again. And also, I believe in you. I've seen tremendous growth. And with growth comes responsibility. And you are actually fulfilling the responsibility of your talents and your gifts by allowing people to enter into your sphere, your life, your influence, and be impacted by the testimony of your life. So I am grateful for you. I love you, man.
1: You pour into me, Dan. And as I said in one episode where I had a guest that really poured into me too, I said when I wrapped it up, it's about really how much currency we're really giving to each other. You're giving me $10 million of content just (laughs) by being part of this. And I know vice versa. I'm doing the same thing for you. And that's what this is all about. You have me in tears. I'm literally like wiping back tears right now because of (laughs) what you have been. And you are somebody that has always lived that life, even through your cable guy experiences, even through all those experiences growing up. I really enjoyed our conversation. I really enjoyed having you as part of speaking from the heart. And I want to share this to close out too. I had imposter syndrome because I wasn't sure if Dan would ever want to be on my podcast. And I had this conversation in my head. Literally a few minutes after I had that conversation in my head, Dan messages me and says, hey, there's a podcast I see that you started. Do you need guests? I would love to be part of your show. And I'm like, Dan, how did you know that this was running through my head? So, Dan, thank you for speaking from the heart. I love you, too.
0: Yep. Everybody. I
1: want to thank Dan again for being part of this incredible experience that I continue to have. And it makes me even want to pause and think about all the different people that have been pouring into my life with these interviews and have been able to share with me some of the most unique experiences that sometimes we take for granted as being really the epiphanies of our lives, the pivotal moments in which change everything. And Dan, with his cleft palate and dealing with all the different types of words of discouragement that he's heard all throughout his life, especially early on, really resonates with the fact that sometimes all it takes is just one person to completely and utterly change our course. And I love the fact that he talks about in this episode about the things that make up us. Being able to have that vulnerability, to have that authenticity, is something that many authors have talked about in even their own works, which I specifically think about Brene Brown's Daring Greatly, one of the most incredible books that have ever moved my life and Made me break down even as a male and cry, which let's face it, it doesn't matter what gender you are, you definitely are human and you feel the emotion of just having to overcome those inadequacies about whatever that is that goes through our lives. But that's the deal. Those are the things that sometimes we are trying to go through when it comes to not only the things that we have as opportunities, but sometimes it even creates some of the things that we never expect happen, especially doing all those different one-minute shows that we have on the radio, which I love that Dan even has that experience when he was encouraged to try out for the school play despite all those different things that have happened in his life. It all takes one thing, one person, one activity to completely change the landscape of what we can potentially become and what we can be able to do for ourselves and for others. That makes it so valuable that we are able to see and create maybe the career path that we can go down. And although We can always have a daytime soap opera happening in our own backyard and even in our own lives when it comes to those different types of things. I think that for Dan, being able to see those experiences made him realize that he can be humble about it. And I think he's the most incredibly humble person when it comes to all these different things that have happened in his life. Even if he disagrees with this or not when he listens to this, I think that he understands that it's all about creating that value. And I think he's created that value in the numerous works, which I continue to read every time that he's working on his schedule to work on the different things that he has because he is an avid writer. He loves the ability to create that opportunity for content. He has passion. He's able to be aware of the presence of the lives of other people, to be able to connect, to be able to learn and expose what we truly are deep inside. And that's why sharing Dan's unique encounter with me, when we were able to both think at the same time that we really wanted to be on this show together to talk about these opportunities, really was a bond of love, a bond of brothership a bond of something that I never thought in a million years I would meet somebody so able to understand through those words that he uses how he creates that whole entire process for himself and others. His acronym STOP of being able to use strength, triumph, obstacle, and pain to overcome the variety of different things that happen in our lives is just a testament to the overall picture that he has created in this episode about not only the things that we can overcome, but the things that make up us. Do you always have those stop moments? Do you always have those things that maybe hold us back from being able to see who you truly are? We all have a wall in which we defend ourselves. It's usually those first encounters. I'm sure that for many of us that are married, we can look back at the times in which we were single, meeting someone for the first time, getting to know each other, but there was also the cautionary wall, the wall in which we're not going to open up our feelings and our emotions and our connections because we wanted to understand them more. We wanted to create that bond of trust. We have to have encouragement in order to move on to that next stage in order to understand what that other person is going through and what they're saying. And especially in this world that we live in, we strive for that connection more than ever before. Even with artificial intelligence on the rise, even with technology allows us to connect from far reaches of the globe, no matter what it is, no matter what is ahead for us in the future as a human race, I think that even in his book, Smart Dust, it truly depicts... What we could have as a livable future. But we need to believe. We need to believe not only in ourselves, but in the people that we are surrounded with. And that's what I believe in what Dan's authentic conversation with me was all about. He was the original conversationist that allowed me to understand what I was potentially able to become. He believed in me. Even before I believed in myself, he was the one that understood more than anything else in which that was the unbreakable bond of love that I think both Dan and I share. So yes, Dan, I am preaching to the crier. I am preaching that. Do you have somebody in your life like that, though, my fellow audience members? Do you have that person that you can connect with? It doesn't have to be romantic. It doesn't have to be this strong, brotherly love that I have for Dan. No way. But it has to be something. Because we all crave it. In one episode, we've already talked about how we're social creatures. The late Aristotle even said so. He might have meant that in the political realm, but he also can apply that to even the things that we do to govern ourselves and each other. The late Jerry Springer would even tell us the same in which we take care of each other. But I think that's really the point. Is that that's the universal bond that connects everything together, which is why I have clients that walk through the door, sit in the very couch that I have in front of my computer in which I listen and take notes. And I share that pain. I share that triumph. I share those words of encouragement. I share those faults. I share the goals. I live and breathe with what those people are that truly want that change. That is what we really want. Because somebody or something ruined it for us. I think of Dan's teacher. And I think of all the teachers that have surrounded me over the last several years of my life that have helped create the best version of who I am, the person that's always curious about what's on the news and what's reading next, so that we can learn more. We can have a thoughtful, conscientious dialogue. Dan's library, in which you were not able to see, is something of impeccable character and defines what even he is an avid, lifelong learner willing to continue to be the presence in other people's lives. And I think that's why it's so important to have that connection, especially with people that are struggling the most, even those people that I get to have the opportunity to work with at the Shalom House as a board member. Don't let one voice of discouragement take you all the way back to your childhood and hold you back from the unlimited potential that you have yet to write in your own story. Because your story is not done yet. Your story has yet to be written. Because the many pages that will follow, no matter what it was in the past, has some amazing content about you. It's up to you to pick up the pen and to continue writing. It's up to you to continue to seek out the help that is desperately needed in many of our lives. But most importantly, even if you have it all together, if you help just one more person, imagine the unlimited impact, even if they are so far away, because they are watching you. They do care about you. They want to see you be successful. Because you, to them, are the greatest thing that's ever happened. Thanks for listening to episode number 37 of Speaking from the Heart, and I look forward to hearing from your heart very soon.
0: Thanks for listening. For more information about our podcast and future shows, search for Speaking from the Heart to subscribe and be notified wherever you listen to your podcasts. Visit us at www.yourspeakingvoice.biz for more information about potential services that can help you create the best version of yourself. See you next time.